Welcome to Ask DJ Soul Sister. That's me. I'm DJ Soul Sister, and I want to welcome you to yet another of these special podcasts where I get to answer your pressing and important questions about any subject, really. I want to thank everybody who sent in uh, questions so far throughout the run of the show and keep them coming. All you have to do is email your questions for me to answer to askdjsoulsister at gmail.com. And don't forget, Ask DJ Soul Sister. That's an ER on the end of DJ Soul Sister, not an A. This is a program produced as part of the Loyola University New Orleans Music Industry Studies program. And uh, let's get it rolling. <laughs> This question comes from Adam. He wants to know uh, more about my career working at Tulane University and how I became curator of the Hogan Jazz Archive. Oh, wow. Um, I get to talk about my secret academic life. So I actually have worked at Tulane University for about a decade now. Uh, I previously served uh, as program manager in the Newcomb Tulane College Office of Academic Programs, and I worked with undergraduates to assist them in writing grants or applying for grant funding for their own academic projects. And I love working with students. So that was uh, that was so much fun for me. And I love uh, lifelong learning. So how does that transition to my current role as curator with the Hogan Jazz Archive, soon to be renamed Hogan Archive of New Orleans Music and New Orleans Jazz. That's a very long story. <laughs> but what I can say is that uh, the position came to my attention uh, through a few people. And I loved my job at, at Tulane, uh, the, the one that I just mentioned, had no intentions of leaving. In fact, uh, someone mentioned that they were looking for a curator because the previous curator uh, retired after a very long uh, tenure. And I, I remember I said, well, I wish them the best of luck with finding someone <laughs> because it is an important position and, and an incredible resource uh, for the entire community and researchers and users around the world. And I, you know, I just put my hat in the ring because someone said, well, why not? Uh, the search has been ongoing. I think it has been a year and a half. <laughs> and, um, you know, someone's got to do it. That's that's always how I, I answer uh, a lot of these questions when I get involved in, in interesting endeavors. Someone has got to do it. So I applied and fortunately, they they appreciated the fact that I had community relationships, a background in in education, strong subject knowledge in New Orleans music and in jazz and in popular music and uh, a desire to do public programming and outreach uh, around the uh, 
collections and, and the subjects represented in the archive. So um, I'm, I'm less than a year in and loving every minute I get to write and talk about music and um, discover amazing uh, archival materials and primary sources and teach people about using them and also educate about archives. So uh, that's my life. Uh, for most of my days. The next question, what are you studying in graduate school? Oh, yeah, I am on the path to completion towards finishing my Master's of Arts in Musicology at Tulane University. I'm loving it. You know, I love uh, talking about music, learning about it and writing about it. And, um, and, and it's just another another road uh, towards my love of, of sharing knowledge about music and, and related subjects. What is your dream venue to play at? A dream venue? Well, I mean, that, that sort of implies that I've not played there yet. Uh, so I, I'm not sure. I will tell you uh, uh, the place, the location that I would dream to play and have not yet, and maybe I will get to do so. Uh, before it's through is in Japan. <laughs> no venues of note, but I, I I think I would have so much fun playing in Japan because uh, the Japanese audiences, from what I've been told, love rare groove and rare underground funk and rare underground disco and all of the things that I love. So yeah, I think that would be the one. And apparently Australia has has a, a really big scene. I've been invited to play Australia a few times and have turned them down because the plane ride is, is like 24 hours long or maybe longer than that. And I, I at the time I said, you know what, I just can't do it. Can't do it. But who knows what happens in the future. Elizabeth has a question and uh, she says, how do you handle party goers who attempt to make a song request? How do I answer this question in a friendly way? I feel like I am at the point in my career. I've been DJing live for nearly 25 years. I'm on the road to retirement. So that's going to happen eventually next year, but not yet. So most people know that I am not really the type of DJ that takes requests. I don't believe in them. Uh, as the saying goes, a DJ is not a human jukebox. However, there are many uh, others who, who do not know this information that Soul Sister does not take requests. I can sense it, you know, if they have a napkin in their hand or, or a phone pulled out, you know, and I, I just, what do I do? I have to ignore it because I'm performing, you know, like any artist on the stage, they are in concentration. They are in the middle of what they're doing, whether that is a solo or, or, you know, an improvisation or whatever. And I have to ignore all the things and that song request, that's conversation, that's high five that's anything I cannot do those things while I am DJing so you know if someone attempts to make it I probably won't won't see it anyway if I do I and and I'm in a wild mood I'll probably sing a song about how I will not take the request I've done that before all right 
A few questions coming up about Mardi Gras. How do you celebrate Mardi Gras? Do you have any special traditions? So I grew up here in New Orleans. And when I was little, I loved going to parades. And, and I still love parades. I'm all about parades. But as I've gotten older, I'm, I'm less about the, the crowds and, and catching beads and things, though that might change in the future. I might revert back to that. And I'm more, I, I really love people watching. So I remember last, last Mardi Gras day, I just went to the, the French Quarter and just walked around and, and uh, watched everybody uh, do their thing in their costumes. You know, I'm kind of a mellow Mardi Gras partier because for me, Mardi Gras starts the countdown to Jazz Fest, which is my favorite time of year. I call it Mardi Gras for music freaks. Do you have a favorite parade or ball that you like to attend? I will say this. This year, the Muses Ball, uh, they have special national headlining entertainment every year. I went a couple years of, uh, ago when Sheila E., percussionist Sheila E., who um, is associated with Prince and, and, and her own uh, amazing um, background. So I, I went to see her. But this year, the B-52s are, are the uh, entertainers, the headliners at uh, the Muses Crew Ball this year. And, uh, you know, quiet as it's kept, I actually really love the B-52s. I, I just saw them in concert at the Sanger a few months ago. So I might go to that this year. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll do that if I'm not writing my thesis. What's my favorite Mardi Gras music? Um, there is a record called Mardi Gras in New Orleans on Mardi Gras Records, uh, interestingly enough, appropriately enough. And it's like a compilation of all of the amazing classic New Orleans rhythm and blues uh soulful songs that came out in the 1950s and 1960s um, and 1970s uh, that I grew up on. And they're a lot of them, or most of them are carnival classics now. Things like Street Parade by Earl King and Honda Wanda by the Wild Magnolias, Mardi Gras Indians and um, Go to the Mardi Gras by Professor Longhair. Um, what else is on this album? I think Mardi Gras Mambo by the Hawkettes with Art Neville is, is on the album. Carnival Time by Al Carnival Time Johnson is on the album as well. So, I mean, my, my mom and dad had a copy of that LP when I was growing up. And every Mardi Gras time... That is, you know, that was the soundtrack of what we heard, sort of like Christmas time. You have the Christmas music going on. We had our Mardi Gras in New Orleans album, and, and I love all of the music on that album to this day. Michael D. asks, when did you begin to realize the special connection you have with your fans? Any particular highlights? Oh, my gosh. Um, I'll tell you one interesting event that happened that really made me realize that someone was paying attention to me. 
I was walking in Audubon Park doing my fitness walk, you know, very lovely spring day. And there is a young Girl Scout out on the trail selling Girl Scout cookies. And, you know, Girl Scouts are are young, you know. Um, And I walked by and notice her and she looked up at me and she said hi DJ Soul Sister and I I real I looked around I was like I I thought I was being punked or something you know it it was it took me uh, aback because she was so young um and there was no one else around her I I, I don't know I was like is this a mirage or something it's really <laughs> So that was that was a highlight. After that happened, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, this is kind of kind of a big deal uh, showing up in, in spots. And Heather asks, is there a professional lesson or significant life lesson that you ever had to learn the hard way? And what was your takeaway? Hmm. I don't know if I learned this the hard way, but it is a lesson that I learned early on and and still encourage other people, especially young people, to learn to this day that it's all about relationships. It's all about relationships. The person that you're working with as a college student, you never know when that person can help you 20 years down the line. And and I've just been really blessed to have amazing relationships because I started so young and, and I always really appreciated people who would take time out to talk to me or I would ask questions, you know, and I learned that it's not a one way deal just because you talk to someone one time that relationship will last you your whole life. You never know where that person or where those people will will come back um, into your universe. Uh, So everything is about relationships. That that has been a takeaway for me. And I didn't learn that the hard way. I learned that in a really beautiful way because people who, you know, I, I, I remember I was interning um, at, at, at an office and then years later those people are, are like oh wow I see you're 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 DJing a party I'm gonna bring all you know 100 people to your show you know you never know when that kind of stuff happens it's really incredible so that's that's the one that's gonna do it for this edition of Ask DJ Soul Sister. Thank you for tuning on in. I would like to give a special shout out to the producers of the show, students within the Loyola University Music Industry Studies Program, and that's Beth Cohen and Emily Pauley. And uh, I can't wait to answer your questions next time. Don't forget to keep them coming. Ask DJ Soul Sister at gmail.com.